Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Well, as we've already said, you are so welcome. It's so good to be worshipping together and to be together this morning. So welcome wherever you're watching this. You are welcome here. Last week, we talked about physical well-being. Tim Parker did a brilliant job of unpacking physical well-being. Um, and as a result, Sim has taken up running again. Yes. So that's really good. We mentioned that before to the online people, didn't we? Sim has been out early in the mornings <laughs> running. Well, don't after make a big reading. thing of it, because well, how long will it last for? Well, We'll see. Well, it's we'll impressive see. so far. And something I particularly loved from last week, Chris Land-Jones. What a legend. What a legend. If you didn't see it, it's worth having a look at Chris <laughs> I last week. I think it's week. gone viral. It yeah. probably has gone viral. It's absolutely brilliant. Amazing. And, and uh, this week we're going to be talking about our emotional well-being. So um, I thought I should get Lottie in to help me. Uh, so she has a broader range of emotions than I have. I sometimes feel like... <laughs> Really? What's all that about? And so I said, help, I need someone who understands these things. So um, it's, I'm just teasing. But, but it's, it's important. We, we learn from each other. We're all wired differently, all made differently. And these areas of well-being, our physical, our emotional, our spiritual, vocational, financial, and the other one, which I forgot off the top of my head. Uh, there are six of them in total. We, we're, all, we're all different. We're all wired differently, made different, and that's okay. And we've been talking about this story of Elijah. In 1 Kings 18 or 17 onwards, you hear this story of Elijah. It's been mentioned throughout the book. And if you've been reading the book on a daily basis, your connect groups, it talks regularly about this prophet Elijah who's doing some incredible things. He was speaking out truth. He was declaring there'd be a drought and the rain would stop. He would, he would run faster than a chariot could run. He would you know, declare fire from heaven and it would just come down. And there was this moment, though, when it all changes. And in 1 Kings verse, uh, 19, verses 3, there's this moment where, where Elijah just cries out to God. And he says these words, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He's done all these amazing things, but now he's afraid of Jezebel, the queen. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. So he's now by himself. He is alone. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. Now, now you've seen that, heard that phrase a few times last week, but no one else has mentioned the fact that what is a broom tree? Because I don't know about you, but I always imagine a tree with lots of brooms sticking out of it. But that's just my crazy imagination. I don't know. But there's a broom tree and he sits under this tree and he prays that he might die. Mm. He says these words, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. He's comparing himself to his history, to those who've gone before him. He says, I am no good. I've had enough. This is a man who is at the peak of his prophetic career. And he's going, I'm done. I've had enough. And then along comes the angel, prods him, says, get up, sleep and get some rest and eat. And then they travel to Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai. And then there comes this other moment where God speaks to Elijah, really important words. He said, what are you doing here? Maybe that's a question all of us need to answer today. What, what are you doing here? What is the part you are playing today in this world? And when he asks Elijah this question, what are you doing here? Elijah replies in verse 10, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. Wait for this. I am the only one left and now they're trying to kill me. Mm. He's basically saying, it's not fair. 
I'm on my own. I'm by myself. I've been abandoned. You know, he is tired. He is finished. And he is saying, God, I wish I could die. I wish I could just be a left. I wish they could kill me too. I'm the only one left. And he is exhausted. And I want to say to you today, maybe today you're feeling exhausted. You're feeling burnt out. You're feeling worn down. Trying to cope with the last 15 months has been challenging for you, for your family, for your business, for your employment, for your relationships. Maybe it's been challenging for your physical well-being and maybe it's challenged your emotions. Maybe you are burnt out on, on church and watching church online. It's been hard work for you to stay connected in. I get that. Maybe it's been hard work to kind of stay into a, a connect group. Maybe all your dials are on red. Maybe all those six stars we've been talking about, they're all like bright red. The dashboard is a light. You're like, oh, everything's going wrong. Maybe you, you, you compare yourself to Elijah. Yeah, I get that. Or maybe you're ticking along and there's just someone amber, someone green, but you just know things aren't quite as they should be. I want to say today, it's okay to cry out to God like Elijah did, to cry out and say, God, I need you. God, I am exhausted. I am done and I'm putting my trust in you. It's okay to cry out to God. Yeah, and what strikes me as well is Elijah lied down physically and uh, the angel came and said, get up. Uh, but that could be an emotional thing as well, couldn't it? You could be feeling very low emotionally and, uh, you know, you could hear God say to you, come on, get up, come on, you've got this. And uh, that can be a physical thing, but it can also be an emotional thing. And it reminds me as well of that verse um, in Matthew 19, 13 to 14, when Jesus said, let the children come to me, let them come to me. I'm just going to read that verse. So one day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like the children. And he placed his hands on the head and blessed them before they left. Let the children come to me, is what Jesus says. You don't have to have it all together to come to Jesus. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have all your ducks lined in a row to come to Jesus. It's a funny phrase. <laughs> but he just wants you to come as you are, yeah. warts and all. Just come as you are, the authentic version of you. You don't have to polish things up to make them look okay. And you know, there's not one emotion that surprises the Lord. He knows about them all. He takes the children into his arms. And I just have a picture of uh, being able to run up to Jesus and jump into his arms because he's that father, he's that Abba father, and he will accept us as we are. We may not feel worthy, but Jesus says, come to me, come to me, weary and burdened or if you're feeling fine if you're feeling joyful if you're celebrating come to me in every season of your life uh, when we're in good place sometimes we actually need to make a decision to purposely come to Jesus because when we're desperate we're crying out for him aren't we and it's a natural thing but when things are all okay and you know there's not a pandemic to worry about things are okay financially then we need to make that decision to turn to Jesus and to come to him so let's have open hands, open hearts, come to him without questioning like children. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is just looking for people who are 
welcoming him, with just being still. And he's like a dove looking round, seeing where he can rest. So as we're just still before him, just without questioning, we're resting, we're ready to receive him. Let's see if we can just listen to that whisper of his voice. Now, when we talk about emotions and emotional well-being, emotions can be a really confusing thing. They can be a little bit disruptive. They're not always convenient. They don't always come along at the right time. <laughs> you know, strong opinions and rage and frustration, they, they're not always helpful emotions. Mm. And emotion is just simply energy in motion. When the energy moves around your body, you feel something. There's something going on. There's like a trigger. And sometimes people say, well, you just need to get over your emotions they, they just come, they just go, they're no big deal. Don't be, uh, you know, don't be swayed by your emotions. But I want to say today that emotions are a clue to how we are feeling. It's a clue to what's going on beneath the surface and how we are reacting to our circumstances. You know, when Lottie and I are talking and, and she says something that makes me kind of react or, you know, trigger me in some way, I'm like, eh, <laughs> maybe once or twice in all of our married life, I'm sure. But there's this moment you're thinking, why is that, come, why does it do something to you? Why do I kind of want to respond? Why do I get defensive? And our emotions aren't bad or good. They're just, they're clues. They're, kind of, they're just saying something's going on here. Mm. It's just some of the associated actions to our emotions can be seen to be good or bad. And typically the ones we call bad emotions, or not so helpful emotions, are ones where there's a really physical reaction. So fear makes us want to run. Mm. Shame makes us want to hide. Sadness makes us want to withdraw. Anger makes us want to fight. And so we see those negative, but they're just, what's going on that makes us want to do those things? And the flip side, the emotions we'd often say were good emotions like joy or appreciation or, or, or you know, sort of um, peace or wonder or love. Sometimes they just make us feel serene and, you know, more calm and they seem like good emotions. But all of these things are just comments on what is going on within our body, what's happening. Our energy is moving around our body in emotion. And uh, don't worry, I didn't, I didn't make this all up. I got this from a guy called Dr. Roger Bretherton, who is a psychologist uh, and he's a professor at Lincoln University and part of a live church there in Lincoln. And he says emotions are really important. We need to understand what's going on. They're not bad. They're not always bad. You know, if you are feeling fearful because a, a lorry is coming towards you in the middle of the road, it's a good idea to run. Hmm. Don't ignore the emotion that calls you to run when you're in a fearful situation. Fear isn't always a bad emotion. The same way with sadness. It's a really normal emotion. Why am I feeling sad about this situation? How do I respond to it? And so emotions aren't bad, but I would say this. Emotions that are held on to for too long aren't healthy. So if you have an a, a emotion, you have a, a feeling, ask the question, what is going on here? Why am, I, uh, why am I being affected that way? Why am I reacting that way? Can I just pause for a moment and ask myself the honest question, why do I feel about the way about that person or what has just been said? And maybe you're sitting here listening to me talk and you want to throw a, something at the TV screen. And, and before you do that, don't damage your TV screen, or just ask yourself the question going, why am I... Why is that offending me or upsetting me? What's going on inside of me? So emotions are useful. They're not bad. They are useful to us. But don't hold on to them. There are things to be, you know, to ask the question, can I stay healthy and make sure I'm reacting in the right way? And responding is probably better than reacting to the emotions within us.
So today I'm just going to share, we've got three practices. There wasn't four, but time is against. There are three practices that I've, I've got hold of here that really help us to manage our emotional well-being. And these are more like a menu of ideas uh, that Dr. Roger Bretton has put together that really helps to kind of think, how can I practice being emotionally well? And so we'll just talk about those, if that's all right, Lottie. Yeah, we'll just... So the first one is gratitude. Yeah. Um, an emotionally healthy person appreciates what they have. Yeah. And if you flip this round, an emotionally unhealthy person is never thankful. You understand how that works? If you're, if you're an emotionally healthy person, you appreciate what you have. Mm. You know, the world, the culture we live in says you should always get more stuff mm. and you'll never be happy till you have the thing the advertiser tells you you should, should have. And then you get it and you're still not happy. But a grateful person is thankful every day for what they already have. It's like getting a new gift every single morning because you wake up, you go, wow, I'm so grateful for the day I've got. I'm so grateful for the family I'm part of. I'm so grateful for the family and the friends I have and the, the church community I'm part of, the opportunities I have, the day ahead of me, the, the air I can breathe. I'm so grateful. It's like a fresh gift every single day over and over again. And it's not about achieving the latest ambition or pursuing something or gaining something because then you can just feel that empty moment where you think you were meant to be full, hmm. but actually you realise you're still empty. Gratitude is so important. Jesus thanked his father God before he broke the bread and fed the 5,000. Um, you know, he thanked his father God before the Last Supper. He was, um, Paul's letters often talk about being thankful. And psychologists tell us that if you list three things every single day that improve, uh, it'll improve your immune system. If you're thankful for three things every wow. single day. Amazing. I didn't make that up, honestly. Amazing. It's, it's, it's a immune system can be affected by that. Yes. And I don't know about you, but when we first went into lockdown last year, um, it just made me really stop and think about what is important in life. You know, if we've got food, if we've got shelter, some people don't have those things. You know, I turn my tap on and I get water. Some people have to walk for miles and miles in this day and age to get water. And it just made me feel really grateful for what we've got when it just comes down to what our needs are and our needs are met. And isn't that amazing? And it just makes you feel really grateful, doesn't it? Um, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8 says this, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Yeah. So one practice is being thankful, um, being grateful. Another one is being hopeful. An emotionally healthy person believes in a better future. And again, we flip that round. An emotionally unhealthy person believes that things will never get better. And if you want to be emotionally healthy, practice the art of being hopeful. You can get there from here. Things will get better. It is possible. And I can contribute to that better future. The hope for the world is Christ and he is living inside of you. We may look around and feel hopeless. That's an emotion. But we have a choice and that choice is hope. Yeah. You may be in a dark place, but things can change quickly. Hope means you don't know what's around the corner but you're believing it's going to work out okay. And I know that for me personally, I've had moments where I have felt hopeless. Mm. I remember probably, oh, 16 years ago now, I remember when I was first diagnosed with having Crohn's disease. I know I've mentioned that before, but I remember that moment. I remember exactly the roundabout I was on when I was driving my car and the sign I looked at and it said that uh, it was a sign for Chichester Crematorium. Mm. And I remember the moment of thinking, I think that might be me next. I was on my way to, to, to actually lead a, a funeral service. And I thought, 
I think that might be me next. Mm. And I remember having this absolute moment. I hadn't been diagnosed and I was really unwell. I'd lost a lot of weight and I was just like going, God, what's going on? And I felt so hopeless. Mm. But I knew that wasn't the story that, that God had got for me. I knew that just how I felt. My emotions were just feeling like exhausted and I was done and I felt hopeless. And I had to choose hope. Yeah. I love that verse in Romans 15. It said, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with yeah. joy and peace because you trust in him. Thank you. Then you will overflow with confident hope mm. through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be confident, hopeful people. And then the last practice is kindness. So you've got thankfulness, you've got hope and kindness. An emotionally healthy person is never too cool to be kind. That's right. There you yeah, go. Yeah, it's a strong thing, isn't it's it, strong to be thing. kind? Yeah. Or the flip round that round, an emotionally unhealthy person is never kind, it lacks kindness. But I think this thing, I think kindness is over, uh, underrated, underrated, sorry, underrated. Yes. I think often we don't talk about kindness, I think it's a bit naff and a bit bland. I think kindness is actually is really strong, like you say. When we are kind, we take ourselves out of the centre of our world mm. and we focus on other people, which is, is a story of God, of thinking of others before ourselves. And it approves our well-being. And I wonder what a kind friend would say to you right now if they wanted to encourage you. You know, kindness is looking out for others, volunteering for others, caring for others, mm. thinking about others. It increases our <clears throat> well-being. Choosing to be kind. Choosing to be kind sees our well-being grow. It builds others up. Everyone wins when we are kind. I'd like to see us being much more kind yeah. as a society, especially online, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of that time. Do you remember when you did that drive-through? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure there's kindness or not. But... I don't know, but I just wanted to try and react <laughs> how Jesus might react. And I was in the McDonald's drive-through and there were two lanes. I don't know if you remember this, girls. There were two lanes that we had to sort of join. And as I placed my order, there was a lady behind me and I thought she was letting me go. I thought she was was sort of waving me on so off I went and it turned out she wasn't and the hand gestures she was giving me were rather different to that <laughs> and she was shouting she was on her own in the car just shouting at me and doing all sorts of nasty things and we could tell that she was properly cross with me so anyway she was behind me and I drove up to the window <laughs> and I just said to the man I think the lady behind is having quite a bad day uh, please can I pay for her meal and then I thought oh no <laughs> I better drive off quickly better go before she <laughs> follows me or something so yeah that was quite a funny story but I just wanted to try and choose kindness to try and disarm this lady who yeah. That's a beautiful a story. Bad place. Yeah. And sometimes we do, I know sometimes we feel like we, we don't be kind because it might make us, you know, put us in the centre or people might look at us. I remean, once I was, I was in Aldi in the shopping. We were in lots of queues, aren't we? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I was queuing up and there was a family with four small children in front of us and it was, became pretty obvious when they went to pay for their food that they didn't have very much money and they were pulling out like food vouchers and they were trying to pay and they, they were starting to put back a, a big pack of nappies they couldn't afford. And I just felt really awkward. I remember thinking, I, I want to offer to help, yeah. but I don't want to look like I'm, as my kids would say, flexing and look at me, I'll pay for this, <laughs> I'll, I'll get this. And I felt really, and I, I actually didn't want to do anything because I thought, I don't want to pay because it will make me look like I'm... Draw attention. Yeah, draw attention to myself and make me feel a bit... So I just yeah. thought, what do I say? They came to a point and I go, can I just get those for you? And I felt so awkward. And then it gets worse because I just thought, right, can I get this? And I think I'd be quick just to pay that money for a bag quickly, of nappies. Quickly, just quickly. And no big deal be made. And then the person behind the till said, I, I can't do that. You either have to pay for the whole of their shopping because they put some vouchers through or, you know, or not. So I went, 
fine, I'll pay for all their shopping then. And I thought, we'll fix that when I got home. But it was the right thing to do, and they were so grateful. But I felt like this whole thing about being too cool to be kind, I thought, I don't want to put attention on myself, so I won't do anything. And I want to encourage you, kindness is a really good habit to help with your emotional well-being. Ephesians 4 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other. Tender-hearted, forgive one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Be kind to each other. So we need to wrap this up today about emotional well-being. I encourage you to get hold of the book if you haven't already. Get reading on it. Get into a connect group and to, to take some time with that. We're going to go back into a time of worship in just a moment. But I just want to say to you, as we bring this to a close, that Jesus invites you to come to him just as you are today mm. emotions and all just like a child mm. you know a small child when they can't communicate mm. they yeah. they you know they they sort of they stamp their feet they make, they, themselves, known, they they? make <laughs> themselves known they haven't learned to articulate their emotions they might lie on the floor of that supermarket and sort of you know kick off um, but they kind of go what do we do here how do we do this because they've learned how to manage their emotions. And as adults, we learn to contain our emotions, mm. to get ourselves under control. But I want to say, Jesus is saying to you this morning, he's saying, come to me just as you are. Come to me emotions and all. Come to me screaming if you have to. Uh, lying on the floor, smacking your hands, saying, I- I'm just giving up. Mm. You know, I- I- if you're like Elijah this morning, crying out to God. Jesus is saying, come as you are. Come emotions and all. Don't be, as Lottie said earlier, being all polished and finished and under control. Jesus says, come, be childlike. I'm always aware that two thirds of the book of Psalms written by King David were laments, were, were him sort of sounding off at God, frustrated, angry, offended, hurt, disappointed. Emotions are real. And God says, come just as you are. Let God meet you in the pain. And in a moment, we're going to hand over to the worship team. And then um, online here, we'll be carrying on with a response to what we've heard. And in the locations, we encourage the leaders of the locations to take it on from there, to lead you in a chance to respond, to receive ministry of the Holy Spirit, to say, come Holy Spirit, and to meet us just as we are. Uh, Lottie, would you pray for us before we hand over to the worship team? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Father, I just thank you that you don't expect anything of us. Lord, you see our hearts. You see what's really going on. You know our emotions. You created our emotions. Father, so we can come to you just as we are, just as we are. And I'm just so thankful that you use us, even in our brokenness and in our pain and in our hurt, that you would pour your spirit in us however we come to you. So Father, this morning we just want to come to you with open hands and with open hearts. And we just ask you, Lord Jesus, would you send your Holy Spirit? Would you rest on us this morning? Would you show us what you want us to do? Would you guide us, help us to be sensitive to your voice? Sometimes it's a whisper, sometimes we need to tune in. Help us to do that, Father. Thank you that you have sent your helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with us always. We can always call on you wherever we are. It's not just for Sundays. So, Father, we are so grateful for that. Help us to be a grateful people. Help us to see the good in everything, Lord, and to be kind. So we just ask you, Father, to be with us in it all. We know you are. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.